the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. I was reading through Ecclesiastes and I grew up hearing about Ecclesiastes and I read it as a teenager, I read it as an adult and both the times I read it I was kind of like people were saying to me, oh Ecclesiastes, it's just like this really, really like depressing book. Like remember when we used to say how depressing Ecclesiastes is. I remember going to Bible college and it was like, oh man, we've got to read through the whole Bible in a year or whatever and people were like, I don't know if I'm going to actually bother with Ecclesiastes. I'm going to be honest, I told my principal this as well, I skipped all the repetitions. So any book that appears twice, dead that. The law of God appears again, no. I'm, I'm done, I'm skipping ahead, I'm not reading this thing twice. So I kind of cheated, but some of the guys were like, oh, Ecclesiastes is just, oh, it's killing me, it's killing me, it's so boring. And I remember being at a Bible college being like, yeah, 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 totes, totally boring, totally boring, totally sucks. And actually, I guess a lot of things changed for me recently. I was thinking about Ecclesiastes, I was thinking about the world we live in, and actually I had this moment where I saw things completely different. I realized that actually Ecclesiastes isn't depressing, I realized the world we live in is depressing, and that what Ecclesiastes does is it reveals what's there. You can't see light, light reveals what's in the room. It reveals what's around us. And what Ecclesiastes does is as you read it, you get depressed because you realize actually secretly all this time you've been buying into a system that's meaningless. You've been buying into things that are meaningless. We we chase after money all our lives, it's meaningless. Money has no value. And I've been learning about this all over again because there's this new thing, Initiative Q, which is a new currency that people are trying to make and they're giving away free Qs, which I've signed up for because I want to see what happens could be the new Bitcoin, who knows? But actually, as you read through their process of how they're giving away these free cues because they're worthless now, but the idea is if enough people around the world all buy into the system, all of a sudden it then becomes worth something. So the idea is by giving these away, getting everyone involved, eventually a queue will be worth a dollar, and then people will have a ton of money. It's a really weird idea, but actually as you read the economics behind it, you start to realize, oh my gosh, we put all this obsession and trust in money, which has no real value except the buy-in of everyone around us having the idea of that value. Hence, the pound goes up and down in value because there are different opinions on how the government is running the nation. It's attached to these types of things and the belief and the faith that we have. So Solomon does this crazy thing in Ecclesiastes that starts to mess with people's heads because the first thing he says is he introduces himself in this really strange way. This is a king, this is a, like, I guess if you looked at this book, you could have said like, back in the day, this is like the original TED talk, but it's not a TED talk. You could have said this is like someone who's achieved something in their life, who's then writing the 10 keys to being successful or whatever, but this isn't that either because the first thing he says in the first verse is the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. So this is a weird way around to introduce yourself. You should, he really should have said, King Solomon, son of King David, and I'm gonna be sharing a few thoughts with you guys today. But he starts off by calling himself a preacher. Now the idea of a preacher is a a messenger, and it's a messenger who comes from a higher authority. But when you talk about a sovereign nation, and at the time a nation that's thriving, has a powerful strong military, is a trading hub for the entire world, because everyone in, in the parts of Europe and Asia coming down have to go through it to go to Africa, and Africa has to go through it to go up to the rest of the, the, the kind of continent they're connected to. So he's, Solomon, in this God-given wisdom that he's given him, has made the nation the, the key focal point of all trading and everything goes through them. And he's made crazy, 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 crazy money. And the first thing he wants to talk to you about is by saying that this book isn't about me as king, this is about me as a preacher. This is about me as a messenger sent by a higher authority. So straight away, when we read this book, 
It's not like, um, say, sometimes people look about like Proverbs and they put Proverbs and Ecclesiastes together. Ecclesiastes isn't at all similar to Proverbs. He's a preacher. He's speaking God's word to a nation and actually throughout all space and all time to all people. So the first thing he says after letting us know his position and who he is and the perspective that he's writing from, that he's not writing from his own hand, his own ideas, but he's writing from the God-given wisdom that was a gift, not genetically or not something he's learnt. He then starts to say in verse 2, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. But actually, I feel like if we read that second verse, using English as our main reference points, I think the way we speak about vanity has changed. I think it has. I don't think, like even if the definition hasn't changed in the dictionary, vanity as a word has changed. We have vanity fair. We have people talking about stuff. If someone says like, oh, I did it, oh, oh, that, that was just such vanity. It's like, oh yeah, well, I had the spare cash, you know. Darling, had the spare money, so I, I, I just did it. Vanity. No one goes like, well, what an absolute douche for spending that money he had extra. They're just like, oh, cool, man, nice ratings. How we see the word vanity, I think, has changed. So I think when we read this first thing, we can almost see it as like this artistic, poetic, kind of like beautiful kind of thing within our society. But then in his world, it's not the same thing. You see, what he says is, he says in his language, vapor of vapors, says the preacher. Vapor of vapors. All is vapor. There are some values they have in their society that's so different from you and I. Because the way they would measure like God and something that God is doing and something being of value, something being of worth, was they would, they would talk about weight. They would talk about the weight of something. So when he starts off by saying everything you've ever known, everything you've ever seen is vapor, which is the opposite of weight because it has no weight and any weight it does have disappears and vaporizes and spreads out to the point where to the, to the eye and to any measurements we can bear, there is nothing left. He's saying everything you've ever invested in, everything you've ever cared about is really nothing. And you can see how to readers at the time, this coming from a man who apparently has wisdom from God, not his own wisdom, this could probably be slightly alarming. And you can understand that 38 times in this book, he uses the word vapor. And he talks about vapor, about a lot of things that you and I would say are so valuable, that are so important, that will really help build a healthy identity in who you are and your self-worth will actually hinge in our society upon things that he calls vapor. That's not just true today, that was true then. I think it's even more true and prevalent today that we chase after a vaporous life. Ecclesiastes 1.14, I have seen everything that is under the sun and behold, all is vapor and striving after the wind. I love that, striving after the wind. Man, and the way it's striving after it, it's not like you're chasing behind it, you're like trying to catch it, you're trying to ascertain it to hold it. Holding the wind. If you get the wind in a box, what happens? There's no wind. It's not moving, nothing's moving anymore. You're chasing after things, vaporous. And then he goes on to say pleasure is vapor. Ecclesiastes 2.1, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this was also vapor. As a parent growing up, well, a parent growing up, because I'm growing up as a parent, because this is all new to me. My daughter Eden is, is three, Aria is, is one. And you talk with other parents uh, and you hear things and you hear what people say and what they want for their kids. 
And so often in, in Western society, the thing I hear all the time is like, oh, you know, I just want them to be happy. Just want them to be happy. We're raising a whole generation, and I think even our generation was raised that way, and maybe the Generation Z as well, where it's all about happiness. I want to be happy, I want to be happy, I want to be happy. The problem is, Solomon says, that if you build your entire orientation around this, it's actually vapor. It's vapor. You can't ascertain it. You can't keep a hold of it. And this is from someone who definitely pursued pleasure. Like, he had hundreds of wives, like 300 plus, and he had like 700 plus concubines. I mean, this guy was like, I mean, if, if anyone had explored pleasure, he had explored pleasure. How, the, I mean, back in those days, obviously, STDs were not that prevalent because this guy would surely be dead in today's world. I mean, geez, I mean, he, he should have died just from a heart attack, let alone anything else. But behold, this was also vapor. And the problem is, you see, so often, actually, we think if I can get married, I'll experience this happiness and this pleasure and it will be sorted. Marriage won't solve a single problem in your life, I promise you. It will bring you new ones. It will bring you, it will. will, Marriage will bring you new problems. Oh, if I could just have kids, new problems. If I could just get the dream job I want, new problems. If I could just watch Infinity War, new problems. I want to see the second one so bad. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. You chase no. pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Yeah, you do. You're gassing. You chase pleasure, you chase pleasure, you chase pleasure. And it's all vaporous because as soon as you get it, like you get the new iPhone because your phone is, is like dying and you get it. And then guess what they do? They announce a new one. All of a sudden you look at it with disgust. <laughs> what is this dirty thing in my hands? Oh, oh, I need this new laptop. If I had this new laptop, oh, I would just be, I would just be, it's vapor. It's all vapor. Although, actually, if I did get a new car, it'd be pretty dope. No, it's vapor. And then he goes on to say, work is vapor. We live in a society that the first time someone meets you, the first thing they'll know is, what do you do? What do you do? That's the key thing to define us. And Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 2.11, then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I expended in doing it, and behold, all was vapor striving after the wind and there was nothing to be gained under the sun and this is why people read Ecclesiastes and go man this is so 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 depressing because we've attached our entire self-worth to work and what we do and we love introducing ourselves and doing our business card in a way like boom that is what I do take that it's still top trumps because then your friend gives you one better and you're like damn how did he get to level 10 He considered all that his hands had done. And when you think about Solomon, he'd done a lot. He'd enlarged his his father's kingdom a little bit more. He brought stability by having advanced weaponry that kept them secure. The invaders no longer wanted to invade them and take away their riches, but wanted to trade through them. And he'd created a wealth bubble and a boom in their economy that they'd never seen and they've never seen since. But it's all striving after the wind. It's vapor. And then Solomon, a man who's been given wisdom from God, who when he got the opportunity with God, you ask whatever you want, Solomon, you've got it. He said, I want wisdom. And God gave him wisdom unlike any wisdom anyone had ever experienced. And then he said this, Ecclesiastes 2.15. Then I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will also happen to me. Why then have I been so wise? And I said in my heart, this is also vapor. He realizes he's built this kingdom up, he's built up everything up, but what happens in the finality? The finality is you die. And the finality is that you end up dead and the fool ends up dead. Steve Jobs is dead. There are dead homeless people. The outcome is the same, they're both dead. 
So he looks at it all and he goes, I've done all this, I've pushed all this, I've pushed out the boundaries. I've created a nation unlike our people have ever seen before. We're flourishing, we're striving, all this stuff is great. But actually when I weigh it up, I just feel it's vapor. I'm just striving and chasing after the wind. Because I've got this money, then, then what's next? There's, it's just more chasing of the wind, more chasing of the wind, more chasing of the wind. Then he goes, he goes 100% fully cray. Because in 319, he starts talking about animals. Like Solomon, like, what do you do? Like, seriously. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to beasts is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath and man has no advantage over the beasts for all is vapor. All is fleeting, all is passing away. But I guess for you and I, when we, we read that, we go, what do you mean no advantage? Like Solomon, we have intelligence, we have money and we have selfies. We've got Instagram, we've got hashtags. Like we are, we are so way more meaningful than any, any beast of the field or beast of the earth. But his question is, but you die the same. Doesn't matter how many Instagram accounts you set up, doesn't matter how many followers you get, whether you have no followers or loads of followers, you die the same. Every human being comes to an end. He says vapor. But then there's a flip side of the coin to that. And the flip side of the coin is, Solomon has said, as all things are vapor, he says, pleasure chasing, thrill seeking is vapor. He says, the work life, the nine to five, 24 seven work, grind, 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 grind. Never see your kids, never see your family. Just building up, building up, building up, chasing the goal, chasing the dream, chasing the dream. He says vapor. And then he says, wisdom is vapor because if you're wise or if you're foolish, it doesn't matter. You get it, Eden, Aria, you're excited. You're pumped up, you're loving it. It's vapor, it's meaningless, it's pointless. It just, it's there and then it's gone. But then the beautiful thing about Ecclesiastes is, is you see, you and I can end up depressed reading through it because we're thinking to ourselves, well, actually, if pleasure's vapor, and actually, you know what? I love, like, I love being married, and I'm going to get in trouble, and I'll, I'll get in trouble. I don't care. I love being married, and I love, I love having bow chicka bow wow, bow chicka bow bow with my wife. I love that. That is amazing. It is a key thing for me in my life. It is something I look forward to. I'm devastated. I'm devastated that, that tonight, after making this point in my talk, I will not be getting any bow chicka bow wow, bow chicka bow bow. It will not be happening for me. But you know what? It's great and it's amazing and it's awesome. It's absolutely incredible. But it's vapor because it's gone. And then what do I want? I want it again. It's gone. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. And then I just want it. You, you chase the whole pleasure thing, you're just chasing off the wind and vapor. You chase the work thing, the work will identify me. Oh, if I had this job, if I had this position, if I was just, uh, 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 it's vapor. And then if you want to chase wisdom, like, oh man, this, that guy, oh man, he's so smart, I'm so dumb, he's so educated, I'm so this, I'm so that. It's so vaporous. And so you can read Ecclesiastes and be deluded into thinking, this life is so, so vaporous. But Jesus, when he came, he came that we may have and life more Jeez, Jamelia's been to church before. Abundantly. Man, I love, I love people that have been to church. Because you know, you know when someone, I've never done it, and I've never like tried to mind morph into a Power Ranger like that. But one of these Sundays, I'm going to say Gad. I'm going to mispronounce the name of God and confuse him for one of the 12 tribes. I'm always sitting there in church, and the guy's like, and God said. And I'm like, who said 
Gad Gads, as in the tribe Gads, or Gad God Gad. Like, I don't know which one, because there's a tribe called Gad, and they're in the Bible, and I find that confusing. I don't know any of you guys. I'm the only guy turning to my neighbor going, like, did he say Gad is in the tribe? <laughs> I don't know, man. God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, all-powerful, and yet cannot pronounce his own name. I find it weird. Throwing it out there, I find it weird. I digress. But it's real out there, you know, because we talk about depression and we talk about Ecclesiastes. And actually, I feel like a lot of people maybe have some issues. You got them too. And it's because we actually understand that life is so vaporous. That it is actually so meaningless when we think about it. We're told to buy into a system and if we just do it blindly. But if we take a moment to think like Solomon thinks, we end up with the same idea that this is just vapor. There's nothing to be held on to. And actually last year there were 5,872 suicides and 75% of them were men. And you see there's one thing that men need more than anything else, I think men need purpose. Always need purpose, always craving a sense of purpose and and meaning. And I think one of the real reasons people kill themselves so often, I've spoken with people that have tried to kill themselves, I've spoken with people who've said to me I'm about to kill myself and talked to them. And it's always, it's all meaningless. What's the point? Well, they're in so much debt, they can't do anything they want to do, and life has got them and holding them down at the bottom, or they feel meaningless by all these things. And what I found is actually, it's all meaningless things that have made them believe they mean less. And so actually, when you get a hold of Ecclesiastes and it says all these things in the world that the world says mean so much are actually meaningless, you realize you don't mean less because of meaningless things. You mean something because Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. You mean something because God, who was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, something to be grasped, but emptied himself, became the likeness of men, became a servant, even to the point of death. And for this reason, God highly exalted him, gave him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Christ is Lord. Because he put all of it aside. He was in the form of God and didn't regard that as something to cling on to. He let go of that and was deaf and obedient to the point of death, even on a cross and the torture and the method he would go through. And he goes through that with a clear mission and a clear consciousness. And when he was here, he came and he said something. He said something so, so, so important. He said, he who wants, he who loses his life will gain it. And he who keeps his life will lose it. If you spend your whole life trying to keep hold of chasing after vapor, chasing after the wind, striving after things that aren't eternal, you're gonna lose it. But he says, you let go of all of those things, you're gonna find weight that you never knew before. Glory in the Hebrew is the word kavod. It means weight. And Solomon rocked the world with this tweet. He said, all is vapor. Pleasure is vapor. Work is vapor. Wisdom is vapor. Solomon taught us there is no weight on earth, no glory. But the angels announced to the shepherds in Luke 2, verse 14, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to all whom his favorite rests because all is vapor. All is vapor until Christ. Everything in your life is vapor until Christ. Everything in your life is vaporous until Christ. I want to let you know some really exciting news today that I plan to kind of share with you guys. It's something that's been signed off with the the trustees at our last trustees meeting. And I want to talk to you today about something that's not vaporous. We've had an amazing privilege of having this space of creating City Hill, doing things the way we do things, talking about things the way we talk about things. I've been a part of and involved in churches and connected to churches through networks all over the world and I've never seen a space like this and I love this space and I treasure this space and I treasure all of you and I love all of you and it's fantastic. It's great that we get to do this. 
But the vision was for London, which is why the name is City Hill London. It's why the website is cityhill.london. And years and years ago, it was put on my heart that we were gonna have six City Hill locations. I've done five, because that's all I have in one hand. There was a thumb over here. For those of you who are like, man, this guy can't even count. How is he gonna, how is he gonna do this? For six City Hill locations. And chatting to the trustees at the last meeting, we signed off that we're gonna start a second location. And we're gonna be starting a second location in the new, new year. But for in order for that to happen, there's a number of things that have to take place for us to be able to do that. So. The two things that I want to talk to you about, not just today, but over the course of this series and also leading up into Christmas, is I want to talk to you about starting a new location. The reason I want to talk about starting a new location, it won't affect this one, this will still happen exactly the same. What it means is after we're finished here, I will then go and do uh, a service either in East London, Waterloo or Earls Court. It'll be one of those three. It'll be one of those three locations. I'm not sure which one of the three it's going to be yet, but it's going to be one of those. So I'll finish here, I'll go there. If God does something amazing, we'll start with two more locations and I'll go Waterloo, then I'll go East London and we'll see what kind of happens from there. We're going to be starting this space because actually one of the things that I've found and talking to people across different parts of London, I've heard people say to me, man, you know what, my church treated me this way, I experienced this, I got kicked out, I got treated that way, people spoke about me, people gossiped about me, people backstabbed me, people said these things, I don't go to church anymore but I believe in God and I had this great experience on my own at home and I'm like, well that's not church so you don't actually know what church is because church is the body of Christ and when you come together something special happens because we look after, we love one another and we fulfill and work around the mission of God. Now the mission at City Hill is lighting up our world so that people far from God can find life in Christ. So our focus and our energy is on that. Now for that to happen, that is an opportunity where you and I get to give a gift to God, which is eternal. We get to tap into something eternal, not fleeting, man, not, not, not disappearing, not vaporous that just fades away, but we get to give a gift, not just to God. This is the double side to this, which I love so much. In doing the new location, we give to God a beautiful, wonderful gift that's eternal, but also there are going to be some people like you and me that haven't been able to fit anywhere else before, that haven't been able to be accepted before, that are going to find life in Christ and be a part of something. And so over the course of this series, as I'm going to be talking to you guys about the things of this world that Solomon says are vaporous, that, that have no weight and just flitter away, but I'm going to be talking to you about some things that are eternal and some things that never, never fade away. Things that the Bible calls kavod, which is the weight the weight, you hold it in your hand, you feel the weight. And for the Hebrew people, that which is eternal is what had that weight. So there are two amazing ways that you can get involved in making the new location happen. I'm going to share so much more details over the coming weeks. I'm not going to do it all today. But the two simple things, and um, Jane found out one of them really quickly before it was meant to be uncovered to anyone, and even before I had a trustees meeting, because I think Jane is the only person who, when she goes to the give function on the app, does the drop-down menu and looks at the different options available to give. Everyone else just goes general. There we go, bang, done. You know what I mean? But Jane was like this, and I was like, what? Jane's already given to a new location. I haven't even announced a new location. She's, she's great like that. So you can go on the City Hill app. It's so, so, so unbelievably easy. And you can just click give. And then when you do the drop down menu, you can choose give to a new location. What I want to say and stress, I have to stress this. If you regularly give to City Hill, don't take your regular gift and then turn that to a new location because what happens is we'll have a new location but we won't have this one anymore because we won't be able to pay for any bills. That's a crazy thing to do. So even if it's just like a small thing, like the, I think the smallest gift you can give on the app is like five pounds. If you give five pounds to a new location, give five pounds to a new location. Um, it's a really cool thing you can do. The second amazing thing you can do, which is going to be so key to launching the new location, is this. You just click on the serve button right there beneath give 
Uh, when it loads, you can read about the different areas you can serve at City Hill, like hosting teams, got Katrina on there, City Lights, got Marv on there, the collective, that's singing, we're starting that today, that's only our second time doing it, we're gonna be doing that more and more and more and they're killing it, love it. So here, you just have at the top, it says subscribe, you just click the subscribe button, you fill out your email address, subscribe, you'll contact with us and we'll start talking to you guys about the different ways. So. The two ways out of serving that could be really helpful is serving here at this church, so there's less on me because I can just be giving stuff over, so I'm more free to work on that. The other thing is, maybe once a month, going on the streets in either East London or somewhere, we won't be singing songs, handing out things. You could serve in those two ways, that would be absolutely massive. I'm just gonna pray for us. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that actually there's so many things in this world that we get distracted by. There are so many things in this world that are meaningless that make us mean less. And I thank you, Father, that actually the only thing that assigns us any worth or value is that Peter says that, remember, you were not bought with gold or silver, perishable things, but you were bought with the precious and spotless blood of Jesus, spotless and unblemished, the blood of Christ. I thank you, Lord, that we were bought with something eternal, something that transcends the currency values of this world. And I pray, Father, that over this week and over the weeks to come and the rest of our lives, we would continue to have that as center stage and center focus and that we won't just hone in on vapor and allow that to define who we are, what we're about, what we do, but that we would allow you and your mission and your values and your vision and your kingdom to be what reigns in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.